I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the Global Absolute Return Fixed Income Specialist. It's the 21st of May. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm here with David Scott. Scotty, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you very much. You did wake up feeling a little bit like um, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, though, didn't you? Yes, I didn't smash my alarm clock, but uh, seeing the, uh, the, the umpteen time headlines saying, you know, stocks rally on uh, reopening hopes, I was just thinking to myself, we're getting to the point where we're going to have so many things reopened that we'll have more things open that were actually open prior to the crisis. It's like, uh, how, how many times can you rally on the same piece of news? But uh, I just found it amazing. Like, no, this, if it's not uh, vaccine uh, hopes, it's reopening hopes. So driving the market, well, at least by the headline writers. I think the underlying factor behind it, though, beyond anything, is that the response that we've seen from fiscal and monetary uh, no, policy uh, authorities has been so fast and so big that all of these worries that are out there about what the economy is going to do, what's going to happen on the health side of things, uh, they're being washed away. Even geopolitics, even with today, we've had a bit of a, a wobble. Uh, nothing too dramatic because you've got so many of these uh, policymakers there ready to back up the market to make sure that, no, we're not going to see like, another big leg lower, or at least that's what they hope. Uh, you mentioned the trade wars there. It's obviously heating up, not just here in Australia. There are some questions about iron ore and uh, how they will be treated at China Customs. Um, but, you know, the U.S. president was at today, Donald Trump, tweet storm for the ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's calling COVID the plague, the Chinese plague. This is not, uh, not useful for a risk appetite environment, uh, but this is what we're going to come to expect. And to be honest, I think markets have come and, and have learned to go and deal with Trump uh, when it comes to these you know, pockets of you know, pressure. We know that uh, no, if things aren't going his way, he will lash out and look to go and blame someone else. We know that. Uh, so this is the latest step. Now, is this going to go be any different to what we saw during the trade war side of things? Potentially, but realistically, I think markets are seeing through this and going, okay, this is a play to go and try and be popular with the U.S. electorate heading into the uh, to the election in November, uh, rather than like you know, really trying to go and ramp things up so aggressively with China that it leads to some sort of mishap. We did an interview today on Ausbiz. It was with Matthew Klein. He's the economic commentator at Barron's. And he says that trade wars are actually the product of class conflicts. And you can put that out from Europe to China and the U.S. So he's written a book called Trade Wars, our class wars. And actually, if you'd like to watch the video, you can do so just by going to the show notes of the podcast. But it's an interesting sort of um, take when it comes to trade wars. It is. No, realistically, you look back over time as well, it's a power struggle. You know, all these tensions that are coming between China and the US, you've got the dominant world economic power, military power as well in the United States now being challenged by China. And naturally, sometimes this causes friction. 
Uh, let's hope it doesn't lend the other periods that we've seen in the past, you know, a couple of world wars sparked by similar circumstances. Pretty lacklustre day when it comes to the performance of the local market today. Energy would be one of the standouts as we continue to see a movement when it comes to the price of oil. What do you make of the market performance today here in Australia? Do you think some of the trepidation, I guess, could be related to trade, to questions over iron ore? Potentially, but I think we've had such a strong run. It's actually nice to see the local market, and it's rare to me to say this, to see the local market actually have a, a pause for breath. If you ask anyone out there, you want to go and see a sustainable rally, it has to breathe. You cannot just go up in a straight line, uh, particularly in an environment where it's so uncertain. So it's healthy to see pullbacks. I'll be much more concerned, potentially like what we're seeing in the United States by a certain aspect, where the market is just ramping continuously higher. Uh, Breathing as part of a normal market cycle uh, is a welcome event in my view. Yeah, and we get a bunch of PMIs out in Europe tonight. Uh, the headlines will be bad, but again, they won't be as bad potentially as they were the previous month. Do we though have to keep in perspective that we're coming off such a horror read? Uh, and so any sort of a gain in percentage terms should be kept you know, really in perspective. I think so. Well, it's a, it's a diffusion index. So basically it measures the proportion of firms that are seeing a change in activity. So it's not about how fast. I know a lot of people refer to like the speed of contraction or the, the mm -hmm. or advance, but it's a measure of like you know, the breadth of what is going on. So look, to be honest, the markets were absolutely, you know, businesses were locked down for, uh, for the, all of March uh, into April. Now we're starting to go and see an unwind of those measures in Europe, in the United States. So if we're not seeing a bounce in the PMIs, indicating a breadth and improvement of activity across the, uh, the economies, then we're in real strife. So I suspect that we're going to see some not brilliant results, but probably better than what you know, a lot of people are expecting. Uh, we heard from the RBA Governor Phil Lowe today. He was at a Fincia event with um, other regulators. And uh, a lot of the focus, though, naturally, when it comes to the RBA and commentary coming from the Reserve Bank Governor has to do with negative rates. Did we hear anything on that front today, Scotty? Uh, he basically flat-batted it. So this, out of all the central banks out there at the moment, uh, the RBA seems like the least likely, at least from a, a G7, uh, sorry, G7, a G20 perspective, mm -hmm. Uh, to actually going down that path of negative rates. We've seen the Bank of England governor uh, overnight going discuss the potential that he may be uh, moving towards like the possibility of doing that. Uh, obviously, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand as well, but the RBA still believe that the, uh, the benefits you know, uh, are outweighed by the cost at this point. And until that changes, it doesn't look like they'll move. And uh, we did speak with the global market strategist at JP Morgan here in Australia, Kerry Craig, this morning, and he talks about the RBA and uh, its view on negative interest rates as well. If you'd like to take a listen to that, it's in the show notes as well. Uh, look, let's get to equities. We have our stock of the day. It's EML Payments. Take a listen. I think EML stands out in that particular sector. It's one of the standouts, uh, potentially a very large uh, path to growth. Potentially, the growth can be enormous. Mm -hmm. it's, it's there for them to grab. Um, they ha if people would have jumped on board in 2018, they would have had a fantastic year in 2019 before the collapse. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they have now, even with those numbers, I mean, those numbers should, would have looked much better if we didn't have the lockdowns. Well, Rudy, I think this is likely to be one of the uh, new technology type companies that does make it 
um, whereas many of them probably won't ever give a decent return to shareholders. Um, there are a couple of things that we really like about it. One is that it's got an enormous amount of money in what we would call float, much like an insurance company. It generally tends to receive money before it pays it on. But it does mean that the company is always enormously cash positive. It's always sitting on a lot of cash, which is a wonderful position to be in today. Um, the one thing, though, that that means is its return on equity looks low on our metrics, so it doesn't pass our filters in Team Invest. Scotty, uh, we mentioned the PMIs that are due out tonight. We've also got Canada's unemployment read, but looking ahead to tomorrow, what's the biggie? The National People's Congress in China. Uh, so usually all the hoo-hahs about you know, what the, uh, the growth figure is going to be released. Yeah. Usually it's like around 6% or something on those lines, arbitrary figure. But I think uh, we're going to be listening more intrigued about to see how they intend to go and get the uh, economy to recover. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of people out there hoping to see signs that uh, increase stimulus, increase uh, special bond issuance, which is generally the other funding mechanism to go and fuel these programs. And we're hoping that it's infrastructure spending, aren't we? We're hoping that for our own export economy. From an Australian perspective, yes, absolutely. We'd rather go and see them going down the same path that they've done in the past and you know, build things, whether it's necessary or not. You know, this reform, uh, reform agenda during a time when we're in a bit of economic strife, we'd like them to go down the same path again. Okay, so that's the National People's Congress kicking off tomorrow. It's day one of the annual meeting. Listen, we've got some great guests coming up on AusBiz on Friday. We have Pat Garrett. He's the CEO of Six Park Asset Management. He's going to be talking to us about how COVID-19 has potentially changed bond ETFs forever. Junbei Liu from Tribeca and Adam Dawes from Sharm Partners will be here with Kashi on the call. Ten stocks in details. And we'll also be speaking with the CEO of Steadfast, Robert Kelly. So just talking about COVID-19, its impact on the insurance sector, and how Steadfast has minimized the impact of the pandemic on its working capital. So there is plenty to come on the final day of what's been a really interesting trading week so far. That's it for today. Thanks again to Capstream. You can get more info in your episode notes, or you can visit capstream.com.